This is 400 Plus. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Cheryl Judice, Ph.D. Cheryl Judice is a professor at Northwestern University and also the author of two books on the topic of interracial relationships. I always have trouble saying interracial, but Professor, how you doing? Fine, how are you doing? And why do you think you have trouble saying the word interracial? Uh, you know what? I need to light out on your couch. Maybe you can get it out of me. I'm wondering what that brings up for you. Yeah, I think I have some problems, Doctor, but uh, we go, maybe I, 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 uh, we'll talk about this off, off camera, maybe. <laughs> off mic. Right. Uh, uh, very briefly, before I go into my first main question, or main question uh, talk briefly about your two books. Well, okay. I have been studying black, white, interracial relationships for more than 20 years. Uh, I did my doctorate on the topic, uh, and it, my uh, dissertation got turned into a book, Interracial Marriage Between Black Women and White Men. And in that book, I uh, studied 50 couples. 30 were black women married to white men. 20 were black men married to white uh, women. And I compared and contrasted their lives, their uh, their lived lives socially along certain factors to de try and determine how successful these relationships were and how happy the people were. And it was, it was very interesting because I got to compare and contrast. And one of the main findings I confirmed was that a white man can marry a woman of any racial ethnic group and will be just fine because just the way the society is organized, a white man is at the top of the social hierarchy. So he's not going to have to endure any possible disapproval from other groups because he's already at the top. And he can marry anyone he wants, and he can live for the most part with whomever he marries in any community that he wants. But generally speaking, when a white man does marry a black woman, uh, both of them look to live in a community that does have some diversity. The flip does not happen for black men necessarily with white women. Um, black men are subject to far more scrutiny and disapproval and even more, uh, I would say, broader reactions when sometimes they were with white women. And, of course, they get flack from, you know, other uh, black uh, women because they know the, uh, the reality that there are far fewer black men than there are black uh, women. So it, when the black man marries outside the race, it always appears as if there's just one loss to the, another black woman. So it's a different kind of dynamic. And from that book, I really wanted to go further to understand the lives than a black women who really make a leap and cross the racial cultural divide and marry a white man. I want to know what was that like? How did they do that? Because again, and within the black community, there is some questioning about how a black woman can do that despite the fact that the numbers don't support a black woman only limiting her search for love to a black man. So, I, again, so my second book I've had published for popular consumption, and the title of that book is Interracial Relationships Between, Between Black Women and White Men. It came out in July of 2018. I purposely tried to time its release uh, to coordinate with the marriage of Meghan Markle to Prince Harry. So I think I was a couple of months after that, that marriage occurred 
but I thought that while that topic may have been on people's minds, that it would be a good time to try and publish the book then. However, uh, I had started the research for this book, the second book I mentioned, back in 2014. And what happened was I narrowed finally the book down to so many different interviews by category. I started off looking at black women and their dating options uh, across the uh, generations, like what it was like for a woman in her 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. And then I looked at uh, the topic of you know black women that actually were dating white men, what that was like. And so I have a variety of stories that I put in there along those lines. Sec- uh, third, I looked at black women that were married to white men, what their lives were like. I looked at then black women that were divorced from white men. And then I interviewed white men by themselves on why they preferred to date or marry black women. So that was the purpose of the second book was for popular consumption to broaden the conversation so that uh, people thinking about dating and marrying outside of a race would get an idea of what it might be like. Uh, The study was limited primarily to middle class people. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, I think that there were some concepts that come out of the stories that would apply broadly to people, you know, searching for romantic love. Well, I'm looking at your so book. There you have it. I'm looking at your book mm-hmm. right now. Uh, oh, great! A nice green cover and everything, and yeah. seeing this uh, this uh, illustration of, of of a white man and a black woman would still make a lot of people upset. <laughs> <laughs> so people go get, go look it up right now go go get the book it's very it's a very good read you'll you'll enjoy it but let me go to my question my main question uh oh. professor judy's is it treasonous for an african-american woman or man to date and especially marry outside of their race now you know mark you were just trying to get me going with that question and with that word treasonous and i'm going to answer it by reading the first sentence in my book in the introduction, black women are the only group of women in America who cannot take for granted that if they seek marriage to a black man, that there will be an ample supply of available men from which to choose. And by the way, this is not a new problem. This problem goes back decades, but it's becoming more pronounced in recent times. And essentially my argument is that any black woman who decides she can only date or marry a black man is putting her romantic life at peril. The numbers simply don't support it. There are far more black women than there are black men. And when you start ruling out black men who will definitely uh, think about marrying and dating outside a race, black men who may not be heterosexual, and so on and so forth, those numbers become even more abysmal. So the idea that a black woman would only limit her search to a black man is not a good strategy if marriage and a family is her goal. Now, I want to also put here that I'm not advocating that black women only seek to marry white men. I looked at and studied black women dating, married, or divorced from white men because that represents the greatest dichotomy meaning that in this country against the racial backdrop that we all live under, where you find black men, excuse me, black women and white men willing to cross the racial divide, that is the group least likely to happen of all the black, white, interracial 
uh, marriage patterns. So if that's the group where it's least likely to have it, I said, look, let's look at their experiences. But it doesn't preclude black women looking for relationships when among men of other ethnic groups. But again, I felt if they could make it, being married to a white man with all that's going on, certainly marriage to a man from another ethnic group won't be maybe nearly as challenging. Uh, Professor, now 30, 40 years ago, when I was much younger, <laughs> I thought that uh, dating and definitely marrying outside the race was a betrayal to the race. Huh. Now that I'm maybe a little older, <laughs> hopefully a little wiser, <laughs> that I just uh, hope these these um, these relationships, if you will, these couples, these partners, uh, partnerships, if you will, don't abandon the race. I mean, uh, I know back in the day we were Negroes and when I was growing up, we were black and now we're African-Americans and who knows what we would be called another 30, 40 years from now. But I'm saying that my thing is that, okay, cool. I'm not going to fight that old fight. It's worthless. In this modern era, it's, it, well, hey, come on, it's not, what is it, 2022 almost when, it, when, we, when we take this. So the point is that, okay, how can you, how, okay, have the relationships, go have fun, but please don't abandon the race, especially the lower income African Americans. So have you seen couples, a professor, that they're interracial couples uh, and they haven't, especially that black man or black woman, has not abandoned uplifting the race? Well, I haven't interviewed anybody that is interracially married that has abandoned uh, the black race or the white race either for that matter. Let me tell you, most of the couples I, interv I have interviewed, they are perfectly comfortable in their racial ethnic identities. Nobody feels like they are giving up anything. Most couples, they feel like their relationship has broadened their lives, that enriched their lives. And so there's no attempt to eliminate being black or eliminate being white in the equation. In fact, among the black women I interviewed, one of the things I noticed was that there's always something, for lack of a better term, Afrocentric about them be it a way they wear their hair, be it some ornament, some, uh, something in, within their homes. But I have never come across or interviewed a black woman that in any way felt she had to suppress her black identity in order to be married to her white husband. And that goes to, back to the man as well. Most of these white men that I have interviewed have been perfectly happy with having black wives. This is who they love. They're not trying to make them who they're not. So I, I don't see that it in any way makes the race uh, less strong or less cohesive because to a fault, all the couples I interviewed when I asked about children, they would tell you they wanted their children to be firm in both of their racial and, and ethnic identities. They weren't trying to, you know, abandon one or the other. So that may be a stereotype out there that um, needs to be uh, put to rest. And again, a black, the black woman that's married to a white man is the same black woman, no matter what setting she would be in. And she hasn't given up anything. I have, in fact, uh, the men, as I said, find these women because they're black but to be and who they are. That's what they're attracted to. They're not looking for a darker skin version of a white woman. They like the black woman. And that's the way it goes. And I, and I hate to put a, and I don't want to be negative, but I hate to put uh, it out there, but I have to be honest when I say I've interviewed numerous dark-skinned black women 
that are married to white men who have told me that if they didn't marry outside of the race, they would be single be and they put that there because of stereotypes within our race. Many black men do not like dark-skinned black women. This is what they've grown up with. This is what they've experienced. One told me a very poignant story of a former Chicago Bull player, Bulls player who basically, she basically grew up with and who teased her mercilessly and called her all kinds of names basically because she was dark-skinned. Now, mind you, this is a woman who then turns around and finds out she goes out of this country and she lives in another place where she meets white men that are just just totally enthralled by how she looks. And she said, okay, so that's, who, uh, so that's who's going to care about me. And she came back to this country, of course. And out in California, she's a very dark skin, a very pretty woman, walking down the street, passes this guy, uh, comes out of a parking lot of a health club. He sees her, and he drives slowly by her, then turns back around and pulls over and just came out with this, I guess some people would think, cheesy line. He said, who are you? He said, you are just gorgeous. And the only thing I can tell you is that that story ended with them getting married. They are still married today. They've been married like 22 years at least. She has a very thriving career uh, as a gospel singer. He is, he too has a, he has a PhD and he teaches at one of the universities out in California and together they've had, they've had children and they also adopted a child. So the only thing I can say is that uh, in no case have I seen a black woman abandon being black in order to be married outside the race. Oh, I'm glad you said. It. You know, I, I the podcast is over, but I because I, I didn't I didn't really I, I didn't want to go too far into that young, especially younger black women. They can mm-hmm. probably marry a uh, a brother, if you will, and their parents yeah. are from their parent. They were born here, but their parents are from the Caribbean. Their parents are this young mm-hmm. man, this black man, is from the mm-hmm. continent of Africa. There are a lot mm-hmm. of options. And what I wanted to get to was that shouldn't, especially younger, if you will, when I mean younger or under forty, uh, maybe under fifty, who knows. Uh, black women, they have to really sort of go outside of their, because you know you you fall in love, with, you usually fall in love and date with people in prox- close proximity to you, school, school, Correct. work, blah 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 blah. But you right. know, going beyond that, I'm going to find somebody outside of my church or who's not really a Christian. Don't we sort of have to mm-hmm. go beyond our confines that we place on ourselves to find the love we really want? Yes, I. But that's for everyone. You off if you are in search for love. I tell uh, women, you you cannot sit down and wait for Prince Harry. Uh, Prince Harry. I, I'm really thinking about Meghan Markle. You can't wait for Prince Charming to knock on your door. That's not going to happen. You have to put yourself out there and be and be involved and engaged in life. I tell women all the time. You want to meet someone. The first thing I tell them to do is get a dog and walk it. Just walk around your neighborhood. Well, if it's you know, walk around a safe area. I want to put that out there. You know, as you know, safe as you can possibly find it. But get out and walk. You would be surprised how many relationships and friendships you develop with people just walking your dog. But people will stop you and talk with you, and in the process, you're going to get some good exercise, which can it certainly is all to the good. The other thing is, I tell people to become not just engaged with your church or your sorority, because many black women are very much into the sorority life, but you're only going to meet other women. So think about getting involved in a group or an organization whose mission you support and becoming a volunteer. 
Maybe you want to be a runner. Join a running group. Maybe you like to bike. Join a biking group. Maybe you're all into uh, animal rescue. Join a, you know, one of the animal rescue groups. You know, become a volunteer. Become involved within your community. This is the way you're going to meet people of all groups with whom you share interests. And that's the first thing that sparks relationships. All these groups and so on and so forth have different events, benefits, what have you. People bring other people. As long as you're continuing to expand your social web, as long as you're continuing to constantly grow and expand who you know, all to the good, and you increase the likelihood of meeting people that may ultimately wind up being good relationships for you. Well, and I, 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 this is so good. I got one more question. I got to do this. But to find, see, people want a perfect relationship, and believe me, it ain't no perfect relationships. But the Absolutely. point, they really not. They, but but you have to give up. I hate to say that you have to give up some of your blackness or some of whatever you think you are to have that relationship you think you need. Does that make sense, Professor? It does. Except I think that you uh, you're saying that you have to give up. I don't know that I would say that you have to give up anything other than the belief that there is this perfect person waiting out there for you. You know, every relationship require give and take. And then it's not necessarily 50-50. Within, you know, I was married for a very long time, and my husband passed last year. We knew each other over 40 years. We were married 36 years. And the only thing I can tell you is that when I look back over the life we had together, there were times when I felt I gave more, and then times that I felt when I had to acknowledge he certainly was giving more, but the main thing is to recognize that there's never this perfect balance. You're always you know, striving to get it, to do it the best you can. And also, you have to be cognizant of no matter how well and how much you think you are giving, you need to analyze that from the perspective of your partner. Does he believe that <laughs> or she believe that? And then once you get to an understanding like that, it allows your relationship to continue to grow and develop because there is no perfection in any relationship. It's give and take and give and take and everybody feeling that they're getting ultimately most of the time what they need from it. The book is interracial, interracial, here you go, box it again, here you go, interracial relationships between black women and white men. Cheryl Judice, thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you again for having me, Mark. I always enjoy uh, being on your show.